Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, Nats fans, and welcome to another hastily prepared edition of Nats Nightly, uh, sponsored by the District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. My name is Dave Nichols of uh, District Sports Page. Uh, I am joined by Doghouse of Federal Baseball and hopefully Patrick Reddington uh, of Federal Baseball momentarily. Uh, we are here to discuss the Washington National 6-4 loss to the Colorado Rockies today. Um, a come-from-behind, uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory um, game today. Uh, Max Scherzer started, uh, w- was not particularly effective. I mean, he had a bunch of strikeouts, but um, uncharacter- uncharacteristically gave him four runs. Um, uh, the bullpen came in, and unfortunately Drew Storen uh, had another rough outing today, giving up two runs in the eighth inning. Um, the Nats loaded the bases with one out in the ninth and, and couldn't uh, uh, couldn't push any runs across despite having uh, uh, the meat of the order up, and, and that's pretty much um, all all she wrote. Um, Doghouse, uh, since Patrick is uh, uh, have, has not been mechanically able to call in yet today, we'll uh, we'll get things started here. Um, Scherzer, uh, I actually. Uh, didn't join the game till about the fifth inning, so I didn't see uh, his complete start. But, um, but obviously not his best work today. No, he had he had the velocity. Uh, he had, uh, you know, he, he certainly had his his off speed. It was it was all there today. The the problem was his command. Uh, he he's always been uh, a, a good control pitcher. He only had one walk on the on the outing today, and that was an intentional walk. Uh, Ten strikeouts, as as you pointed out. But the problem was when he missed, he missed over the plate. And he got punished for it very hard. Carlos Gonzalez, a very good hitter, a very strong hitter, you know, put one up into the upper deck in, uh, above the out-of-town scoreboard. Well, to be fair, just in front of the upper deck in the out-of-town scoreboard uh, where, where a fan reached over and caught it. It would have had to have been, you know, maybe a foot or two farther to have actually made the upper tank there. This is something we've certainly seen out of Scherzer before, is that he'll, he'll give up the fly ball, but usually he's far and far away, far enough away from the center that uh, it won't quite get squared up. It'll it'll die just before the track or at the track. But uh, today, today that wasn't it. He gave up uh, gave up a number of uh, of hard hits, uh, other than the uh, other than the big flies. You know, we had the uh, five other hits besides the home runs. Um, it's just a good thing that he was still not walking anybody, so we can cling to that as our, our sign of uh, continued effectiveness that uh, the the home runs were all solo shots. So his, his whip is still good, uh, regardless of what's happening with uh, with the ERA there and the, the home runs allowed. But that's, that's going to be the weakness we get with Scherzer. Sure, he dominates, but when he misses, look out, that ball's going the long way. Yeah, uh, four earned runs on eight hits and a walk today, 10 strikeouts in six innings, obviously the three home runs, 63 strikes on 84 pitches. Um, this is something that, that I've wanted to bring up with you before, um, talking about Scherzer, um, Jordan Zimmerman, um, even Steven Strasburg. The Nationals um, throw a lot of strikes. Um, they are always around the plate. Um, that's a good thing because they don't walk a lot of guys. I think as a team, the, the starters – um, are amongst the lowest in the league in issuing bases on balls, which is a very good thing. Um, but do you think that their ability to stay around the plate and always around the plate, do you think um, at some point um, the batters know this as well and, and, and they're going to be um, they're going to be sitting on, on 
essentially sitting on everything because they know the national starters are going to be around the plate. Yeah, I, I think that's it's it's really sort of a double-edged sword. You know, we talk in the talked a lot during the season about pitching to strikeout and pounding the zone. Uh, hitters, when you're hitting the corners of the plate and and really being effective at keeping the ball out of the heart of the plate, batters know that you're going to be around the plate, so they have to swing. And you can use that to your advantage when you're when you're at the edges, and you can get those swipe strikeouts, or you can get bad contact because you know you're not swinging at an optimal pitch and you're getting off the end of the bat or off off the label and and you're getting you know something that might drop in now and then but it's not going to go over the wall it's not going to be hard hit uh the the problem that it comes in and this is something that uh certainly jordan zimmerman has struggled with over the course of the year and that we saw scherzer struggle with today is if you're always around the plate and you're missing your locations there on the corners uh you miss in and suddenly you've got you know, that nice fastball right in the heart of the plate and boom, hits, or in this case, dingers. Of course, the, uh, you know, the the silver lining is that at least you're not giving up a lot of free passes to get knocked in on those hits. But uh, certainly the pitch to contact works when it's pitched to weak contact, not, uh, not pitch to meatball contact, <laughs> which is unfortunately what we had a couple of times today. P2HR? Yeah, <laughs> not, not a formula for success. Uh, we'll bring in our normal host, Patrick Reddington, from P- Federal Baseball. Patrick, uh, are you uh, technically able to join us at this point? I'm trying my best not to just launch a stream of expletives after this game and after my fight with technology all day between Comcast and Blog Talk Radio, but I'm here, at least. Yay! Yay, Patrick's here. <laughs> uh, Patrick, we, we just got done talking about uh, Max Scherzer. Obviously, a, a a little bit of a rough start for him with uh, uh, with the home runs and, and eight hits over six innings. But uh, um, the Nats were tied when he left the game. Um, Felipe Rivero, uh, Casey Jansen uh, got their jobs done. But uh, once again, Drew Storen, uh, second straight uh, rough outing for him. Uh, two earned runs, two hits. Uh, he did have a strikeout, but. Uh, um, had the the ground ball by by DJ LeMahieu who didn't start today pinch hitting in the pitcher spot. Uh, that ground ball trickled through with runners on second, and third, and um, and with the Nats' uh, inability to to come from behind today, uh, that pretty much was the ball game. Um, Storin has pitched five times in the, in the last seven games. Um, do you think we're excuse making for him, saying that maybe he's um, tired these last couple of outings or? Uh, um, you know, the, there were uh, there were some indications on Twitter. Some people are thinking that, that maybe he's tipping his pitches. Do you see? Did you see anything out of Storin today in his last outing to lead you believe that he's tipping his pitches? Do you think he's just tired? Do you think this is a blip in a long season? Poor timing. I mean, do you have any any explanation at all as to why uh, Storin was so good for so long and in these last two outings, um, you know, quite frankly, looked like dog do. Well, it's obviously because they moved him out of the ninth inning and now he's an eighth inning pitcher and he's unhappy and struggling if you want to play the narrative game. But it's hard to believe that after all this time, they suddenly in the last week figured out that he's tipping his pitches and are on him. But you're not seeing good results from him out there. And I I don't like the fact that that plays into the narrative that moving him out of there is what's caused the problem here. But he's clearly not getting it done. And the biggest problem today was actually the rundown where they let both runners move into scoring positions. The runner moved up to second base when uh, Storin was running down the player on the way home and 
they got that out there, got the second out of the inning, but allowed both runners to move into scoring position, and then he left the slider up for Kyle Parker and was able to get the single through there. That brings in both runs instead, and then granted they didn't come back, and it was a two-run loss anyway, but I don't know if it's poor execution there to let that guy move up or what you can actually do to keep it from happening, but that's what ended up costing him. As far as what's wrong with Storin, it's hard to tell at this point if he's just a little bit overworked or if there is, you know. I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't think anyone's just figured out suddenly that he's tipping his pitches and it's made its way around the league in the last week, but there's something going on with him, whether it's overworking or just, you know, frustration on his part and giving up that big grand slam to Cargo earlier was obviously a problem, and today he couldn't get the job done either. Yeah, you know, he makes a, a terrific physical play leaping for that for that ground ball back up the middle and then just has a complete brain fart by not just – I mean, he cut the runner off, so he had the runner going back to third. He already had the, the runner from second coming to third. I had the play completely in front of him and just had a complete brain fart there, not just walking him back to the bag and, and, and tagging one of them out. Doghouse storing through 13 of his 22 pitches for strikes today. Um, that, that's, that's usually um, a lot higher percentage. Uh, he missed with the fastball. He missed with the slider. Um, he also missed with a changeup. Uh, to me, these are indications that, um, that that he's a little bit worn down right now, that he's not uh, hitting his spots with his pitches. Uh, he hit a batter. Um, uh, I just, I, I personally, I think he looked like uh, like he was pitching tired. Uh, do you have any opinion on that? Uh, I, I couldn't really tell you. I mean, he's he's pitched 42 innings so far this year. You know, that's a, a little high for a workload. Uh, you look at it; his his previous uh, high on innings pitched was uh, 75 innings back in, in 2011. He really hasn't pitched more than 55 or 60 over the course of a year since then. Uh, you know. It, we are only, what, about two-thirds of the way through the season. So, you know, he's on pace for uh, about 60, 65 innings. It's not extreme. It's a little high. Uh, he's pitched, what, three out of the last four or five days? I, I'm trying to remember now. but uh, yeah, Three out of four and five out of seven. Yeah, that's, that's mm, I, I guess, moderately high. Uh now that we we have a, a plethora of high leverage guys in the bullpen, you know maybe maybe he can get his day off here. We'll let Paps pitch the eighth and uh, put Doug Fister in as the closer. <laughs> uh, despite the loss, the six four loss, it wasn't all bad news today. Um, the Nats pounded out ten hits. They hit three home runs. Um, unfortunately, uh, there weren't a whole lot of runners on base when they did it, so um, they only generated four runs out of three home runs, but. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman today, two, uh, three for four with two home runs. Uh, Jason Worth, two for four with a home run. Um, and Patrick, if you're looking for good signs out of today's ball game, uh, seeing production from from those two guys, uh, that that has to be your silver lining today. Yeah, it's silver lining, and of course, as soon as they start hitting, and the Nationals' offense seems like it's uh, coming around a little bit, the pitching starts faltering, but. You gotta like what you see from Ryan Zimmerman today, especially the fact that he hit two out the center. Jason Worth hitting him on the right center, a really nice swing by him. Uh, nice at bat later in the game, even though he ended up striking out two kind of bad swings towards the end of that. A really wild swing at a pitch that he was completely off, and then a high fastball that he chased out of the zone. But they came through with big hits today. Ryan Zimmerman three for four. He has RBIs in seven straight games now. Jason Worth two for four. Wilson Ramos has been swinging the bat nice, even though he's had a 239 average so far. One for four. Michael Taylor came up with a 
big grounder there that play that scored worth and then tied it up at four at that point. But you're seeing signs of life from the offense. Uh, Anthony Rendon with a hit as well. So hopefully all these guys are trying to, you know, turning a corner at least and getting the at-bats under them and getting their timing down that they need it. And now you just have to hope that the pitcher, pitching doesn't falter all at once here. Scherzer didn't look particularly good. Storm blew one today and let the Rockies go ahead at that point, and they couldn't come up with anything late. But early on, at least, they, they're swinging some hot bats, and Ryan Zimmerman, probably the best there, to three for four day, two home runs. Really good signs from Zimmerman in the last couple of weeks that he's kind of getting locked in at the plate. Doghouse, uh, two for 14 with runners in scoring position. They left 11 on today, 10 hits, uh, three walks. Um, we mentioned the contributions from Zimmerman from work, uh, a couple of others, but uh, um, we have to go right back to it, and, and this will be our hashtag beating a dead horse uh, segment of the series. Uh, Ian Desmond 0 for 5, 5 left on base. Um, it, it seems like every time he gives uh, the Nats and Nats fans a glimmer of hope, um, he comes right back with a, with a game like this today and um, runners on base all day and, and, and fails to come up with uh, with, with contact. Yeah, well, uh, that's that's really a microcosm of the, uh, the the Nats writ large this season, isn't it? Perhaps to a more extreme degree, but uh, it, it seems lately we keep getting these glimmers of hopes and getting getting slammed down again. Uh, it, it's nice that at least we're getting the glimmers of hope out of Desmond versus sort of this vast plateau mm-hmm. of of non-production that we had uh, a little earlier in the year. Uh, we're getting little flashes out of Ramos, too, who's been a bit of a black hole of offense. I think it's also worth noting that while Desmond certainly didn't come through today, Yunel Escobar was 0 for 5. Um, I'm going to get myself depressed, so I'm going to go back to the bright side here and also call attention to Jason Worth's canny base running there when he scored on uh, on Taylor's uh, ground ball plus error when uh, he, he looked over his shoulder and got himself in the way of the throw to home, deflecting the, the, the throw, I think, off of his legs and uh, scoring when, had it been a clear lane, he would have been out by five or ten feet. So uh, plus one for the canny veteran there. Let's uh, hope he keeps making progress with uh, with the power and the batting eye. Well, the Nats wrap up a, uh, a seven-game homestand, three and four against two decidedly mediocre teams. I suppose uh, the Nats record standing at 57 and 53. We can call them slightly above mediocre at this point, but uh, um, the Nets lost again today, so the Nets don't lose any ground in the division. But uh, Patrick, the, the Nats get ready to head out on a grueling ten-game road trip uh, left coast uh, tomorrow night. They, they get right to it against the Dodgers with. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, eight and four, three seventy-five ERA, going against Brett Anderson. Um, you know they're going to see Grinky. They're going to see Kershaw uh, um, after they're done with the the Giant, the Dodgers. They go to the Giants. Um, is it too dramatic to say that this road trip really could be the brink of the season? No, it's not dramatic at all. I don't think they had a chance to pick up a game. The Mets lost today. Uh, one and a half back, but they could have gotten to a half game going out on this trip, which would have helped. But now they're going against the Dodgers team, six and four in their last ten, even though they lost two in a row at this point. The Nationals had a whole lot of trouble with the Dodgers pitching last time they faced them. That's no recipe for getting your offense going. And they're gonna. it's a tough trip out there to L.A. and San Francisco, like you said, and not a position you want to be in when you're going out there playing games at a different time than you're used to on, on the opposite coast and the beginning of a long road trip and every game matters at this point as much as you want to say there's 50 something games left and 
not look at it as being, you know, do or die at this point. The Nationals have to start winning games and putting together some streaks if they want to make some ground up on the Mets and, you know, fight for this division. They can't keep dropping series and losing to teams that are mediocre like the Rockies that they just did. So really big road trip coming up here. The Nationals are going to have to come up big against the Dodgers and see what they can do going forward. Nats lose today 6-4 to four to the Colorado Rockies. They remain a game and a half behind the New York Mets in the National League at 57-53. Uh, tomorrow, as we mentioned, they start the 10-game uh, road, road trip against the Dodgers. 10-10 uh, p.m. Eastern start, 7-10 uh, Pacific for folks like me. Gio Gonzalez, 8-4-375 against Brett Anderson, 6-6-306. Six six, uh, this has been Nets Nightly for Sunday, August 9th. Uh, thanks to Patrick Reddington and Doghouse of Federal Baseball. My name is Dave Nichols, District Sports Page. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night after the Nats game. Go Nats.